So as I've mentioned to you before, um, we often preach about spiritual warfare. You know, and so I want to just start again with that point. Uh, today we will look at how to avoid losing battles that we should have won. Or how to, how to, how to be victorious. So our theme this year is, is victory. And uh, we want to live in victory. I don't know about you, but I, I want to live in victory. Um, the most important victory and we need to never stray too far from this, is to have things right in our heart with God. And I think we can preach about lots of different things and lots of different themes and ideas, but what I want to bring things always right back to the place where we are between Jesus and ourselves, Jesus and me, or Jesus and, and you. So we want to keep that as the focus. Um, uh, the hope we have... It's something we don't often preach about, but I have done a series on it, and you can listen to the podcast if you go back. But the hope that we have in Jesus is for his return in power over every form of evil. So we believe that Jesus is going to return to earth to take away the church. Um, Matthew chapter 13, verse 26, it'll pop up on the screen. Um, and it says this. Here we go. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming. That is Jesus when they refer to the Son of Man. Uh, coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. To me, that is the ultimate spiritual victory right there. And we have the opportunity, the choice today, to say, well, I want to be among uh, one of those ones who are gathered, uh, a chosen one gathered from all over the world. And so here we are today in a little old Port Lincoln, but you could be a chosen one that will be gathered when Jesus Christ comes back for the church. Now, for some of you who may never have heard this kind of stuff before, you might think, what is this all talking about? The, the, whole, the whole aspect of being a believer in Jesus Christ is because we're aiming for this day when Jesus Christ will come, put down all opposition, all evil, and declare his kingdom for eternity. So Jesus wants, uh, it goes on in verses 32 and 33, Jesus wants no one um, to, to miss out on this. And also he, he talks about um, no one knows when this will happen. But he, he finishes by saying, stay alert, stay alert, be on guard. So uh, to illustrate that, Jesus talked about um, people who weren't uh, aware, who, who weren't ready uh, Matthew 25, it it's talks about the, the wise and the foolish um, uh, bridesmaids. They, went, they, they were preparing for a wedding, waiting for a wedding, but they fell asleep because they thought the, 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 the groom was taking too long. Uh, another one is uh, um, the wise and foolish servants who the master gave them responsibility and then went away for a long time and they thought, well, he's never coming back. So, so some of them invested well and one of them didn't invest at all and, uh, and, and missed out. So... What, what this is, is uh, they're illustrations of people who were so close, yes, yet missed the victory. So I don't want people here sitting in this church week after week being so close to the, to the things of God, but never really knowing Jesus Christ and expecting, because you're not expecting his return. You think, well, it's going to be a long way. It's not going to happen today. So I'm not going to be ready. But we want to trim our lamps and be ready for when Jesus returns. So... Who, who loves stories of the, the underdog victories? 
I love the stories of underdog victories. Um, like the, the Steve Bradbury. Who, who knows that story? There's a, there should be a, a picture coming up of Steve Bradbury. Um, the, it, was, it was in the ice skating um, in the 2002 Winter Olympics. Um, it's an unexpected win. So he was the fifth person in a, in a five-man race and he was at the back of the, the pack, the whole race. He was like the, the, the slowest. He was, he was the fifth of this whole group. He was the, the, the least likely to win. Um, but until the very end, in the last few seconds, when the, the whole front group, uh, all the favourites were there, they, they crashed and he sailed past all of them to take the gold medal. It was like, so now that's a, it's almost an Australian proverb to say, I did a Bradbury. Um, it's, a, it, it's famous now, and that means that you've, you've had an unexpected win, like a completely out there win that should never have happened. So um, remember Steve Bradbury today as I preach that uh, Jesus wants to make you a Steve Bradbury in every situation. So what is sad about that story is the favourite the person who lost, one of the ones who crashed, uh, we don't even know his name anymore. But we remember the one who won who shouldn't have. That's amazing. It's so sad. If you're thinking you were the, the number one person, the favorite to win, and you crashed and you, you gave away that, that uh, gold medal to someone who shouldn't have even really been in the race. So Jesus wants to take anyone. He wants to take you with faith to Bradbury kind of victories that only he can do in your life. So I don't care what the circumstances are that, that surround you or the, the things that disqualify you or sometimes you might think, I don't, even, I don't even know how I got here. You know what? You say, thank you, God, because I'm, I'm going to be expecting some Bradbury victories. So if you were uh, in church a few weeks ago, I preached um, um, the story, uh, the great victory story of King Jehoshaphat against you know, three or four enemy kings, a great army that came against him. And we looked at the things that he initiated spiritually that changed everything. Uh, they, they prayed. I'll, I'll go over it just quickly, do you a, a quick rundown. They prayed, they fasted, and they put singers in front of the army and marched out to battle, worshipping God, and they had a great victory. That shouldn't have happened. But King Jehoshaphat did a Bradbury and won against three enemy kings. And, and I just want to sort of stir your faith this morning to start believing God for things that are impossible because that's where miracles come from. A miracle isn't something that you could have done yourself. A miracle is something that can only come from a divine place, a divine perspective, which is from God's hand. So as I've mentioned, our theme this year is victory and living in victory. And what I want us to look at today is how not to lose. How not to lose what you should have won. And I know that there are times where you think, there's a certainty here. I'm, I, I know I've got this. Who's ever been there? And yet somehow something happened and you missed it. You missed the chance. It, it passed you by and you didn't win what you thought was yours. So there are those times we, we expected to win, but we lost. Things we thought would be easy, but we lost. You know, I think of the AFL. Who, who loves AFL? I love AFL. But you know, there are those times in a match where, where a player is right in front of the goal and yet completely misses. And it usually happens when the commentator says, he'll get this. 
They'll say, oh yeah, he's, he's, only, he's only 15 metres out, oh, and he's such an awesome kick at goal, he never misses, and then, you, and then he, it slides off the side of his boot and he does it uh, out in the full. You think, how does that happen? And, and I'll tell you what, it's almost like there's something happens in, in, the, in, the, wor- in the cosmos you know, world that says as soon as the, 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 uh, the, the commentator says, oh, he's got this, it's like guaranteed you watch some real crazy kick come out next. And they, what should have been a certainty becomes an out on the full. But you know what? It, it reminds me, though, is, is that, that kind of a, a, a mistake or that kind of thing, that kind of loss happens in front of a whole crowd of people and it's like so embarrassing. You know, it's a bit like plumbers. We just bury our mistakes quickly. <laughs> no, that, that's not true. We, 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 bury them, we bury them slowly just like normal. That's a joke there. It's a plumber's joke. People in the Bible lost wars that they could have won. I'm going to give you a story here of King Joash and the anatomy of defeat. So we're going to separate the parts of of his defeat to see what went wrong so that we don't make the same mistake in our personal life. So the Old Testament, the stories in the Bible, uh, they're all there for our example. So if we just read the story and don't dig into the supernatural, spiritual aspect of it, we miss the point. So the stories that we read in the Bible all have a significance that we can apply today if we will see with spiritual eyes. So I just uh, pray and believe that as I speak this morning, some of these applications will become real to you and you'll be able to apply them to your situation and circumstances and you'll start stepping up into supernatural victories. You'll start stepping up into areas of confidence in God because you're not losing the battles that you should be winning. So here we go. 2 Chronicles 24, verses 23 and 24. It says, In the spring of the year of, of that year, the Aramean army marched against Joash. They invaded Judah and Jerusalem and killed all the leaders of the nation. Then they sent all the plunder back to their king in Damascus. Although that's in Syria. Although the Arameans attacked with only a small army, get that, get the, the, the main point I want you to see, they attacked with only a small army, say small. The Lord helped them conquer the much larger army of Judah, which was the people of God, and the people of Judah had abandoned the Lord, their God. So Joash is a king who lost a war that he should have won. He was defeated by a small army. How did this happen? So I want to learn from his mistakes and avoid being pushed over by small things. Sometimes it's not the big things that come against us that get us. It can be small things that come against us that take us out, as it did in this case. So we're going to look at King Joash a little bit and find a little bit about him. King Joash, he took the throne at seven years of of age. Seven years of old, I was going to say. He's the, the king kid. So, I mean, it would have been awesome. Who'd love to be a king at seven? I'd be like, no school, playtime all day make huge playgrounds, Disneyland all the time. That's what I'd be saying. Lollies, fish and chips for dinner, all the good stuff. But he ruled well and he served God while this priest, Jehoiada, it's a hard one to say, but the priest was advising him. He was advising the young king all his life and telling him how, how to how to rule the kingdom, how to make decisions. He was helping him all the way. And it, it is said of Joash that he restored the temple of God and he strengthened it 
You find that in 2 Chronicles 24, 13. Having trouble with my mouth this morning, I put my wife's false teeth in. He started... So the other thing that happened when I was mowing, listening to the podcast, I ran over my glasses. So I think I might have put Pauline's teeth in my mouth. I couldn't see. He started really well. And let's look at what happens in his, in his leadership. Second Chronicles 24, verses 7 to 18. We're going back a little bit now. It says, but after Jehoiada died, that's the priest, uh, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before King Joash and persuaded him to listen to their advice. They decided to abandon the temple of the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and they worshipped Asherah poles and idols instead. And because of this sin... Divine anger fell on Judah and Jerusalem. So when Jehoiada, the priest, died, Joash was persuaded away from serving God after having done so much good in his life. Um, It goes on that he ordered the execution of Zechariah, a prophet, because he didn't like what he was saying. And he turned away from God completely. The the story says where where we started this story where the, 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 the king... Um, comes and attacks him and defeats him, he was only 47 years old. So from the time of, of being king from seven, he reigns for 40 years and by, by his uh, 47th year, he's, uh, he's killed, um, he's injured in the battle and then he's, it says his own uh, officials and leaders murdered him. Oh, that's not the way that we want to finish our term. So the analysis of his defeat, because I think we can learn some lessons that, that we see in this scripture that can help us to avoid defeats and where we should be winning instead of losing. So there's key elements to his defeat. And let's strengthen ourselves and avoid that type of defeat. Number one, he relied on the priest to keep him on track. So every person, we all need to have an encounter our own experience with God, with Jesus, or we, or we risk living by the direction of others. So the first half of his life, he's being directed, he's being coached, he's being mentored by Jehoiada, the priest. But Joash had no personal relationship with God. And when, um, when that stable hand of the priest was gone, he was quickly led astray by another voice. The second thing we see, so it, it leads into this, he was persuaded by people. Uh, and when they, when they persuaded him, they took control and direction for the whole nation, not him as king. So he, he was persuaded for good in, early in his life and he was persuaded for bad later on. And the root of that is, is probably because he wanted to please people. There was a lack of personal conviction that leads to being easily persuaded. So he didn't have any personal convictions, so he was, he was guided by the persuasive words of others. I know, if you notice there, after that Jehoiada's death, the leaders of Judah came and bowed before him. They, they came like, uh, uh, to do something for his ego. They're like, oh, you know, they, pardon me, they bow before him, oh, great king. Um, you're so awesome, you're so good. Just listen to our advice right now. And so we've got to be careful of those who will, who will try and uh, um, stimulate our ego 
but aren't really interested in our spiritual walk with God. The third thing we see, they abandon the temple. Whenever there is a casual, casualization of church uh, and, and, and how important church connection is, there is a neglect. Um, neglect is not going to be far behind and we'll neglect the things of God that we need to nurture and grow and develop. So treating church as an accessory, not a necessity, breeds consumer churches, not disciples of Jesus. Now, I'll tell you something, every single person here has a responsibility to yourself to be a, a d- disciplined disciple of Jesus who says, I want to go on that journey. I want to walk with Jesus. I want to know how to grow spiritually. I want to uh, strengthen myself in spiritual things. We don't want to be uh, a, a person who is just a consumer, who just turns up on Sundays and really doesn't uh, get involved with much else beyond that. So small armies always yield great power over that type of church, over that type of Christian. So if you just think, well, I just come and turn up to be fed, well, you know what, that's not the place to be fed. So, you know, the, the, the place of church, a gathering like this, is to encourage one another, is to, to, um, to, to build each other's faith and to, to strengthen one another, but it's not the primary place to be fed. If you're waiting, if you're waiting to get fed once a week, you're going to be a very unhealthy person. You're going to be very weak. You're going to be very tired. You're going to have no stamina. You're not going to be able to stand against any fight. And there's so, so often there are people who think, well, I just go to church once a week. I don't look at my Bible. I don't pray. I don't worship. I don't do anything else in between. I just turn up on Sunday, sit in the same seat, and expect that I'm going to live a victorious life. It's not going to happen. We need to be encouraging one another in the faith and finding the place where we fit in the body so that we're not a consumer church, but we are a disciples of Jesus church. So choose to be a disciple of Jesus, not just a consumer of spiritual things. So I tell you, small armies will always wield power over that type of church. So a small little thing comes in, the church falls over, the church splits, the church breaks down, the church is is lost and, and broken because of a small little thing. Number four, they worshipped idols instead of God. Now, an idol is whatever has the heart. And, and, and I'm, I'm just meaning whatever has the heart of a person is an idol. So you can sort of figure this out for yourself. I'm not even going to mention any, any particular things. But where does my time go? Ask yourself these questions. Where does my time go? Uh, where does my money go? Where does my loyalty go? Where does my worship go? When all these things lined up in Joash's life, it, he realized he'd turn to condemn a prophet and a man of God because all those four keys were all crooked in his life. And so he went from being uh, building the temple of God, building the house of God, to then opposing the house of God, closing it down, worshiping idols, and then condemning to death God's prophet. And that's why God turned his back on on his leadership. In Proverbs 4, verse 23, it says to guard your heart above all else. I'll just ask the music team to join me back again. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Joash had everything going for him. He's an ancestor of King David. He's mentored all his life by a priest of God, a very good priest. Yet somehow, he never got to grips with God. 
He never got to grips with God. So we could say, well, I grew up in the house of God. I always went to church. I started off in Sunday school and did all these great things and I was on the worship team or whatever else we might might choose to, to use as a, um, a badge of honor today. But we could be not far off a Joash and not have had a personal relationship and revelation of Jesus Christ. He was easily persuaded. And when a smaller enemy came along, his morals and his kingdom crumbled. So I want us to deconstruct his defeat and give you an anatomy of victory this morning. And I want to pray a bit later so that we can all apply some of these things to our personal situations and win victories that are easy to win. And we'll win victories that are hard to win too. The first thing that we saw from Joash that we need to do differently is have a personal relationship with Jesus. Have a personal relationship with Jesus. Guard your heart. Have Jesus, have Jesus in it. Live by revelation from God that will lead you to personal conviction. And when you have a personal conviction because God has spoken to you about something, you're not going to be persuaded by the voices of people who just want to stroke your ego. But you'll know where you should go and what you should do and how you should live because you're standing upon Jesus Christ. He's living within you. He's your your purpose for life. The second thing uh, is live by that conviction. Know Know what you believe. Set the boundaries of your life. Have them set in the Word of God. You know, your Bible is really, really a powerful tool. It's not just a, it's not a storybook. It's a life source of power for living. Ephesians 4 verse 14. It says, uh, We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. So we need to know the Word of God so that when when deceiving words come, we can say, well, that sounds like the truth, but I know what the Bible really says. I know because I've I've read it and I've studied it and I've had revelations of my own to hang on to. The third thing says, it's honor the house of God. Honor church. Find where you fit and start serving in the church. Hebrews 10.25 says, do not neglect your meeting together. It's a really important thing. Now, you might think, but I'm not very strong. I'm not very smart. I'm not very gifted. But I tell you something, if you honor the house of God, God will lift you up and honor your life. And there's not a single person here who who doesn't need to discover the power that is found in community. Jesus Christ came to establish the church. Now, there's many churches. I'm not saying that, that we are the only church, but every single person needs to know where their home is. They need to know their DNA. They need to know where they belong. You need to find that place, serve that place, give to that place, honor that part of your life. And I'll tell you something, when when things come against you, you'll be stronger. The fourth one, put Jesus in the place that gets your best worship. Psalm 122 verse 1, I was glad when they said to me, let us go up to the house of the Lord. So, you know, there's a time and a place where you sense that, wow, I just want to be in the house of God. I want to worship. I want to give Jesus my worship. Live like this and you propel through life spiritually strong 
and you can kick those small things out of the way. See, we have Jesus to keep our heart on. He is our defender. He is your defender. Isaiah 49 verses 24 to 25 says this. Who can snatch plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Who can, who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go? But the Lord says, the captives of warriors will be released and the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you and I will save your children. So this morning, we, we might be thinking, but I, I don't have any power. I don't have I don't have what it takes. I, I, I've, I've lost battles that I knew I could have easily won. And I'm not quite sure how that happened. But you know something? Who can snatch the plunder of war from the hands of a warrior? Jesus can. Who can demand that a tyrant let his captives go? Jesus can. The tyrant is the devil. The Lord says the captives of warriors will be released. And the plunder of tyrants will be retrieved. For I will fight those who fight you and I will save your children. Can we just stand to our feet together this morning? Thank you, thank you, Jesus. I just want to pray for anyone who has been taken down by something small. Maybe you've been intimidated by a small thing that has boxed you in, that has limited you, intimidated you. I come sometimes think of small things like if you could just imagine like a, like a small dog, like a, a Jack Russell, and, and you're a grown man, and, and, and it's like having this little, little dog, this little animal running around you, barking and, 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 and making a lot of noise and, and moving all around you, and you think, well, you know, this thing has, has stopped me moving forward. But you know something? It's not that big, and, and I don't recommend this RSPCA. I'm not saying that we should, but if it was a spiritual Jack Russell, then you could easily just kick that thing right out of the way. It's not that big. It's not that dangerous. We can deal with it. Its, it's control is by making a lot of noise and bringing attention to itself. So we need to, we need to kick those things right out of the way. So this morning, we're going to let Jesus into those parts of our life. We're going to let Jesus back into the parts of, of, our, of our living. Now, whatever this message means to you today, there's, there's going to be one of those points that you think, well, I need, to, I need to change this part of my life. Some of you, there might be all of those things that you need to start living by. But I tell you something, when you do that, when you sow those strengths into your life, you will see victories follow you. You will see strength coming towards you. You will see purpose coming back. You know, when you win a fight, is the best time to, you know, you, you can think clearer. When you're always living in defeat, always living in failure, you, you think, well, you know what, I'm just not even going to try anymore. I want to encourage you today, try again. Try again. Push past the intimidation. So today, we're going to let Jesus into our life to be the, the guard of our heart above all else. Firstly, I'm going to pray for that, for believers here today. And you're thinking, well, you know, I've lost a few battles and I know I should have won. I'm not where I should be. Today's a day. Today's a day Jesus can just get you and, and play catch up to where you ought to be. From where, where you lost, 
He's going to take you to a place where you're going to win. So if that's you this morning, just uh, you know, receive this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just pray today for all those people who have lost things they should have won, they were robbed when they should have taken home some prize. I just pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, restore the years that, that may have been taken from that time to today. I pray, Lord God, there be revelation in our hearts that we don't get stuck at a place where, where we had a loss and thought, well, this is it. I'm finished. But Lord, I pray today, I speak life. I speak purpose. I speak a new fervor into people's spirits today, this morning. They'll walk out of this place saying, I can see different. I can, I can smell different. I can, I can um, think different. I just pray, Lord God, that there be a, a, a new power coming upon people today that have lost when they should have won. And I pray you propel them to that place of re restoration in Jesus' name. Amen. There's another group of people I want to pray for this morning. We're going to have a prayer come up on the screen. And that is those of you who may be in church, but you've never, ever made that commitment to allow Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And we're just going to pray this together. And uh, we can all pray it as a church together. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross and rose again to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and I invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I am not who I used to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Now, if you're here this morning and you've prayed that prayer for the first time, I want to invite you to speak to me. Come and tell me. We'll give you a Bible. We'll give you some, some uh, things to study and to look at so that you can grow in your faith. And I want to, just want to um, encourage you, church, every week expect people to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. God bless you, church. And uh, I just really believe that uh, we're going to see great victories. Don't let the small things take you down, but believe in Jesus. Have him in the center of your heart. God bless you.